Dominus Vobiscum, Sequentia Sancti Evangelii Secundum Ioannem, Are you the king of the Jews? Pilate asked. Jesus replied, Do you ask this of your own accord? Or have others spoken to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? It is your own people and the chief priests who have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus replied, Mine is not a kingdom of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my men would have fought to prevent my being surrendered to the Jews. But my kingdom is not of this kind. So you are a king then, said Pilate. It is you who say it, answered Jesus. Yes, I am a king. I was born for this. I came into the world for this. To bear witness to the truth. And all who are on the side of truth, listen to my voice. Verbum Domini. I was born for this. I came into the world for this, to bear witness to the truth. What is truth? Does truth exist? If it does, does it matter? Perhaps an easy definition of truth is reality. And if we're talking about reality, there's only one reality. God is. God exists. And everything that God speaks exists. Let there be light. And there was light. Let the waters separate into those above and those below. And it happened. Let the earth come forth. Let trees and their seeds in them spring out of the earth, and so it was. This is reality. Let the waters bring forth living creatures, and the air bring forth the birds, and these things happened. These are realities. Let the ground be filled with creeping creatures of all kinds, and the animals came forth. And then God said, let us make man in our own image and likeness. And he fashioned man out of the soil of the earth and breathed into his nostrils. And man became a living being, another reality, perhaps the greatest reality, because man, male and female, are made in the image and likeness of God. 
who alone is reality. The Lord God put the man in the garden with all things subject to him with one commandment. The tree that stands in the middle of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat it, do not touch it. On the day you eat of it, you will surely die the death. That also was real. But then the serpent came and asked the question, did God really say you cannot eat any of the trees? And this terrible dialogue began between the serpent and the woman, which led to the woman believing the serpent, believe in a fantasy, believe in a lie, believe in that which was not true. On reality is what she embraced and brought with it a more dreadful reality, that is our alienation from God, which we call sin. Sin came into the world because a lie was believed instead of the truth that God had given. A fantasy was embraced instead of the reality that God had made. God did not abandon us, on the contrary. Even out of misery, God can bring great blessings. Out of deceit, God can even bring a greater reality. And so in the fullness of time, he sent his son into the world, sending an angel to another woman to ask, will you give to God a human nature? Hail, full of grace. And we're told that this woman pondered in her heart what kind of greeting this could mean. Was she being deceived? The angel says, fear not, Mary, for in your womb you will conceive a son. And so when the Virgin gave her consent, when she believed God, when she embraced the reality that God spoke, the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the Virgin raised this child, her child, to manhood. And he went around doing good, speaking the truth, teaching us to embrace the truth. Another word for truth is faith, because when we place our faith in God, we're doing nothing other than believing in God and accepting his word. But the enemy was still vigilant, watching and fearing, and so brought about the rejection of the Word of God. The Word of God made flesh. And so our blessed Lord is brought before four judges. Two religious judges and two civil judges. Annas and Caiaphas, the high priests, Pilate and Herod, the governor and the tetrarch. 
in the religious court, our Lord is put under oath. Tell the truth, was what the high priest said to him. I abjure you in the name of the living God. Are you the Son of the Blessed One? Are you God? To which our Lord responded, you have said it. And the high priest, tearing his garments, what need have we of witnesses? You have heard his blasphemy. How do you judge? And the response, he deserves death. And so the religious court found that he was too divine and condemned him for being divine. But the religious court didn't have the authority to put him to death, nor did they want to put him to death, since they would have to accept the blame, the responsibility for his death. So they engineered his trial under the civil power. So then the civil power, Rome, would take the responsibility for his death. Now, it is a common procedure in law that when a person is tried in the lower court and the case goes to a higher court, the same charge is made. But in the case of our Lord, not so. Because the Jewish authorities were certain if they brought our Lord to Pilate and said he claims to be the Son of God, Pilate would laugh at them. After all, so many of the Roman heroes were sons of God. Hercules, Apollo, they were sons of God. So Pilate would have no problem with that in principle. Therefore, the charge they brought was one of sedition. He has been stirring up the people. He has refused to pay taxes to Caesar. And more, he claims to be a king. Well, Pilate is no was no fool. He could see that the charges against our Lord were brought out of envy, that the Jews were insincere. So, he could have dismissed the case, except for the fact that the charge he claims to be a king was problematic. So Pilate was compelled to investigate this charge. After all, one couldn't be a king without in some sense challenging Rome's authority. And so the first question Pilate asks our Lord, are you the king of the Jews? Notice the question, not are you a king, but are you the king of the Jews? To which our Lord replies with a question, do you ask this of your own accord or have others spoken to you about me? Our Lord is saying, if you ask this of your own accord, then you need to produce the evidence. 
If, however, you've heard rumors of it, then my accusers should be present. This is essentially what he was saying. To which Pilate responded with another question, am I a Jew? And then he gives the answer, it is your own people and the chief priests who have handed you over to me. In other words, they are your accusers. And then he asks a question, what have you done? Why is this enmity between you and them? On what basis does it exist? What have you done? To which our Lord replies by answering the first question. Mine is not a kingdom of this world. In other words, yes, they have accused me of being a king, but my kingdom does not belong to this world, nor is it of this kind. Because if it were a political kingdom, my men would have fought to prevent my being surrendered to the Jews. So he, our Lord is saying he's not a political threat. Nonetheless, he's affirming his regal power, that he is a king. My kingdom is not of this kind. So you are a king then, said Pilate. The question is clear, and our Lord answers clearly. It is you who say it, or in other words, yes. Yes, I am a king. And so, our Lord affirms what the wise men had sought. When our Lord was born, the wise men traveled from the east and came to Jerusalem, asking Herod the king, where is he that has born the infant king of the Jews? Herod didn't know, so he asked the priests who pointed Herod to Bethlehem. The wise men went off to Bethlehem, but they were warned in a dream not to go back to Herod. Yes, I am a king. And the Lord goes on. I was born for this, and I came into the world for this. He is affirming his human nature and his divine nature. I was born, therefore he is man. I came into the world. He pre-existed his birth, his conception in the womb of the Virgin. And therefore he must be divine. And so he's affirming both what the Jews had rejected, his divinity, and with it his humanity, and he submitted it to the political power under the form of his humanity. Does it end there? No, it doesn't. I was born for this. I came into the world for this. For what? To bear witness to the truth. 
and all who are on the side of truth listen to my voice. To bear witness to the truth. What is a witness? Someone who can affirm even to the point of shedding blood, his own blood, the truth of what he says or has seen or has heard. And so our Lord was putting his life on the edge. He was willing to die for the fact that he was witnessing to the truth, that is, to reality. The word martyr means a witness. In English, the word martyr means one who dies for what he believes. And of course, we do not readily believe lies. We believe the truth. We may be deceived thinking that the deceit, the lie, was the truth. But we do not wish to be deceived. Nobody wishes to be deceived. We want to know the truth. And so the Lord came to bear witness to the truth. Namely, that the only reality is God. And that each one of us has to conform our minds and our behavior to what God says, that is, his law. You shall not eat of the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. That's the law. The reasons are irrelevant. God has commanded it. It is sufficient to obey. But he says even more when he goes on to say, and all who are on the side of truth listen to my voice. Not that we listen to his voice and then believe the truth. No. The truth comes first, reality comes first. If we wish to hear the voice of Christ, we have to want to know the truth. And not just want to know, but want to live the truth. In the scriptures, God's word occurs again and again, giving us specific, clear commandments. Many read the scriptures and come up with different explanations, different ideas, different beliefs. How is that possible? It's possible because we're not on the side of truth. Being on the side of truth necessarily gives us the ability to hear the voice of Christ. Who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Let us ask of our Savior, who is our King, for the gift to love the truth above all things, even when it is difficult. And there are many ways in which it can be difficult. It can be difficult because of our attachment to things of the earth. That's why he could say, anyone who loves father or mother more than me 
is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his life more than me is not worthy of me. All of these things have the capacity to, to, for us to, to fool us into compromising on the truth. So it's a matter of loving God, who is the supreme reality, above all things. And then loving our neighbor because they're made in the image of likeness of God and therefore also share in the divine reality. Doing this enables us to hear the voice of the Shepherd King. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.